Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is one of my new favorites, this amazing sort of sharp but soft citrus fresh scent, and that is Light Source by Andrea Mock. Andrea is today's guest, and prior to recording our interview, she had sent me a bottle of Soft Tension plus her entire discovery set. And during our interview, I mentioned how much I loved Light Source as well as two others, which I'm keeping a secret because you will just have to hear about it in our conversation. And after, she generously gifted me bottles of all three of the scents that I loved. So anyway, I'm holding off on my full thoughts on Light Source as well as the others for now because I'm going to make a full TikTok video about this. Stay tuned. More to come. However, super exciting. I'm so happy to share with you all. Andrea is generously giving Perfume Room listeners 20% off any Andrea Mock purchase. All you have to do is enter the code PERFUMEROOM20 at checkout on andreamock.com. I will link it in the notes of this episode to redeem. And she has this other amazing August special, which is that with any full-size bottle purchase, you get a free gift with purchase. And that is the Deluxe Discovery Kit. This is only valid through the end of August. There are only a few days left of August. So if you want to redeem this special gift with purchase, definitely get on that sooner than later. But let us get to the episode, shall we? This one is so interesting. Andrea Mock is an Icelandic visual artist turned luxury fragrance brand founder. Her work focuses on the intersection of art, fashion, and beauty. And in fact, her fragrance career began somewhat accidentally as part of a multisensorial art exhibit where a perfumer interpreted and then scented one of her line drawings. You will hear all about that exhibit in today's episode. If you've ever been curious about what the perfume scene is in Iceland, what exactly the Nordic aesthetic is, and the scents and notes that people in Reykjavik are wearing, you will love this episode. Because everything about Andrea's entire line is an homage to Iceland, including the bottles, which are meant to mirror the black obsidian volcanic rocks in the Icelandic highlands. Her scents, especially Coven, feel otherworldly, and that is exactly her intention. Her work has appeared everywhere from Artnet to Freeze to Another to French Vogue. And now, haha, perfume room. It is my pleasure to introduce Andrea. Andrea, welcome to the perfume room. How are you doing on this lovely day? I'm wonderful, thank you. I'm just glad that we are finally able to talk. <laughs> yes, for everyone listening, we can confirm that this has been a, a cursed recording. We have um, tried a few times and had some technical difficulties, but this is the final time, I believe, in my heart of hearts. Absolutely. And then, of course, you will come for part two in Iceland. Yes, part two takes place in Iceland. Um, you can all look forward to it. I will be yeah. sitting in Andrea's hot tub. You said, didn't you say you have a hot tub? You will your... be in the hot tub looking at the northern lights or the midnight sun depending wow. on the season. Okay. Well, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I'm currently in the sauna that I didn't ask for. That is my apartment. So, Andrea, what are you currently wearing? What fragrance are you wearing today? I am wearing a ceramic today. Um, Ooh, I actually just okay. put it on. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the one that I've been wearing all day. It's the one that I'm wearing now because I went out for a walk mm. and I actually like to wear fragrance before I go to bed, which is probably weird, but yeah. So it's kind of like my go-to. That's your bedtime fragrance? Usually, yeah. Mm. 
I don't know. It just has that very soft kind of calming. I mean, I like to have my like chamomile tea and kind of wind down. And then, Mm. you know, to spritz something that kind of gets you in the mood for um, that and just to relax. That's really lovely. And would you say you have a signature scent, whether it's in your collection or outside of there? Not really. Um, I think signature scent sort of just depends on the season or your mood or whatever. I I understand that people want to have a signature scent, but for me, it just... And also because I develop fragrance, so usually when I launch, um, I don't really want to wear it for a while because I've been wearing it so much. But mm-hmm. the one that I always go to in my collection is probably Craft. So I think people mm. would probably say... That would be my signature. For everybody listening, how would you describe craft? It's very icy. I mean, it also really goes with my aesthetic and my look and my wardrobe. Um, mm-hmm. it, for me, it has the sort of very icy, but a little bit of a metallic feel to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat like a cool Gothic church, if you know, if you will, <laughs> like an ice yeah. cold Gothic church somewhere in the Highlands. You know, it's interesting because I never. I personally don't like smell aldehydic scents and think of something gothic. But then when you say that, it's like so spot on. There's something so like dark and mysterious about like the an aldehydic metallic like type of of scent. Yeah, but like I almost see the gothic, but still with like a metallic interiors. Well, not to jump the gun, but you were talking about like it fits with the Nordic vibe. What is the Nordic aesthetic? And do you consider yourself... um, an example of the Nordic aesthetic? Um, Probably. I mean, it's just engraved in us um, from our DNA, I guess, from growing up um, on a small island um, where it's dark like nine months of the year. So we definitely have that sort of darker edge to us. Mm -hmm. Um, The Nordics can differ a lot. Um, I think probably like Denmark and Sweden are a little bit happier. You know, we have that sort of Icelandic moody feel, you know. Yeah, but it yeah. definitely has that edge. I mean, for example, when I did the bottle, people are like, "Oh, it's so gothic, it's so, you know, dark." And I was like, "I never thought about that." But yeah, maybe mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like I mm-hmm. just it was just something, it just sort of happens naturally. But um, mm-hmm. I never really get the, like an outsider perspective that much when I'm creating stuff. So it's definitely something, and I mean. With the drawings that I made, people are like, oh, it's like snow and like this. And I never saw it until people pointed out. Hmm, that's real. Yeah, well, jumping ahead, because I do want to talk about that bottle. It's very architectural in the way that it's designed. It has five yeah. sides to it. And yeah. what's really interesting, I don't know if it's intended to be this way, but I feel like in theory, it could just as comfortably lay on its side as it could upright. Yeah, that was the plan. Do you display yeah. it in store on the side? Yeah, and it has that kind of cool edge, almost like it's falling. Um, So we wanted to have like a special feature, um, which is the sort of slit on the side. And then Mm -hmm. it's also that you can display them like that, you know. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. we wanted it to be thin. uh, So it's easy to ship and just like easy to hold. And yeah, it was a whole process. I mean, people don't really knock on the door of uh, Bormioli in Parma, um, a very famous bottle manufacturer, and ask them to... um, Mm -hmm do their bottle but I was just obsessed that I didn't want I wanted to have like my own signature bottle and I honestly didn't Mm -hmm. know how much of a process it would be 
Uh, mm -hmm. But it was a process, but I'm happy we did it now for sure. But yes, it was a crazy process to do your own bottle <laughs> if you're not a major brand. I can't even brand, imagine. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was so much fun to do that, you know. Yeah, I think I what I really enjoy is the subtle the subtlety of it. I mean, I noticed I didn't notice at first. At first, I thought it was a black glass, and then I held it up to the light, and it's like a very unless I'm colorblind, it was like a no. very dark purple, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you actually black, you cannot. Uh, I don't know what the explanation is, but black is not a color that you can ever put in glass. Only black. So we had like huh. maybe 15 different variations of like more like gray, more like purple, more, but none of them were like black, black because it's impossible um, mm -hmm. for some reason. I do not remember why, but um, so you're right. It has that sort of purpley hue. That's the one we hmm. decided to go for in the end. So the third question that I always ask every guest up top is, do you have a fragrance hot take or controversial opinion? Hmm. Maybe... I don't know if this is not really controversial, but again, like, I think for me, like sweet is not really something that I personally um, lean towards at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe sort of staying away from the sweet in notes and in fragrance. I mean, usually in a collection, I mean, yes, I have some sweet notes, but, you know, we counterpart them with something more edgy. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, I think you have to be open to everything if you're especially if you're creating fragrance i can't really say um this or that that i don't like or like to no i don't think so i think i'm just very open so what in your collection if there was one fragrance and i know that you wear all of them in different times and moods is there one collection that feels like the most you or that your friends or family would be like this smells like andrea it will probably be the craft, uh, mm -hmm. but also Coven because uh, I don't wear it personally all the time. I wear it when I travel um, mm -hmm. because I like it outside of Iceland. I don't really like it mm -hmm. so much in Iceland because, I mean, you can see where I am. It's very nature. <laughs> I, yes. mean, I just walk outside and I smell nature. So I don't really want to smell nature on me when I'm here. But I think, yeah, people do connect Coven probably the most with like me and then the brand. I mean, Coven was the first fragrance. Like I had heard of Coven by Andrea Mack like lo a long time ago. I feel like it's like a very cult favorite. Like if you know, you know. And I, I know that we had been talking about, you were saying like you've heard stories of like people both showing up on a first date and they're both in Coven. Absolutely. What's it like, like having a fragrance that has become such a sort of like, if you're a fragrance lover, you'd know this fragrance. I think it's like probably every fragrance creator dream to have mm -hmm. like you know it's kind of like I guess the Black Afghano of Nasamato you know or Blanche of mm -hmm. Barreto or something it is mm -hmm. great to have that one and I'm happy that it's Coven because when mm -hmm. I decided to launch it um my distribution partner at the time said this will never sell so it's up to you but it will never sell wow and I said okay that's fine you know I yeah you know I kind of like that challenge Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, it's just going to be that one in the collection that's like quirky, but it's definitely the best seller for sure. You know, it's funny because before we recorded, you, you know, you said you wanted me to experience your fragrances. So I had a frame of reference and you said, pick out a fragrance that you want to, that you would like a full bottle of, which was very generous of you based on the notes alone. Like what, based on the description and the notes, what do you think would be most appealing to you? So I picked Soft Tension, which I absolutely love. I love just like a fresh everyday musk. But I didn't think that Coven would be like, I thought that like, okay, this is a cult favor, but probably not for me. And then I sprayed it and I was like, nah, 
I get it. Like, I love it. I love the galbanum note in there. I love how, like, green and mossy and spicy it is. And But it still feels very wearable. And I know that you mentioned that it's that Coven is the most um, realistic smell of, of Iceland, right? I think so. I mean, yes, probably. I think, uh, you know, the sort of, like I said, the original inspiration was, um, you know, being outside in Iceland in the rain um, and then picking up potatoes from the mud. Like that's sort of like a memory I had mm-hmm. as a child. Oh, wow. Something yeah. we did in our in our cabin. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted that like super fresh kind of, uh, but like people do smell the dirt. You know, I think Covenants also kind of like hate it or love it. So I, you know, when I'm presenting it to people, you know, I love the reactions. They can either be like, Mm -hmm. what? Like, what do people wear this? Like, what? And then Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God. And then when people test it on the skin, they usually come back um, and buy it. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is different on the skin. I can understand that just from a sample on a paper, you're like, what? This is very strange. And I mean, I love like controversial opinions and I love it when people are like, no, no, this is crazy and all that, you know, but mm-hmm. when you actually test it on the skin and also because the last is amazing, it's probably the best last we have in the collection. Uh, and also because we have a very high concentrate, um, I think it's like yeah, 18% or something. Um, yeah, it is very potent and it lasts for a long time. And mm. yeah, so I think people kind of, get the nature they get they get it you know so talking about the nature of Iceland I do want to go back to Iceland because I don't know that many people from Iceland and I'm very fascinated you are currently you're in your home and there's a big window behind you and it looks like you could be on Mars like it it's so it's such a unique landscape and I'm just what what is the fragrance scene in Iceland I think it's pretty good for a very small nation. Um, I thought about it and, you know, because you asked me this question before. Mm-hmm. And I believe that because we didn't really have uh, any sort of fragrance culture, um, that actually when Comte Carson opened a shop here, like a pop-up shop uh, around 2006, mm-hmm. I believe. And mm-hmm. they had all those, you know, new fragrances that have now sort of become a cough in itself. I think it was just the same time they were opening the shop in London. Mm-hmm. Um, so the sort of Reykjavik crowd all of a sudden smelled very niche, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that would necessarily have happened if we didn't have that shop. And then that sort of trend followed. Mm-hmm. And then we have a very good shop uh, called Madison in downtown Reykjavik. And they carry like the Barredos and Frederick Miles and so on. And the mm-hmm. owner was extremely aware that she had to educate and she did spend like five years educating uh, everyone around niche. So it's definitely, I think we have a pretty good sort of a a niche, you know, movement here in Iceland for such a small nation. So, I mean, you were saying that personally, like gourmands are not really your thing. They don't really feel in line with that sort of Nordic, Nordic aesthetic. Would you say that there are certain notes that trend in Iceland over others? Yes, absolutely. I think definitely like the more darker one, like for example, when I released Entrance, which was Mm -hmm. only supposed to be like a a limited edition release at the time. I think Mm -hmm. in Iceland, it became extremely popular because it just has that cool vibe. (laughs) I think it's maybe the way we dress as well. We have that very sort of black and white, cool vibe, and we're not afraid of experimenting with, you know, what we wear. So I think that's sort of, 
fitted that kind of feel, you know, mm-hmm. without me even thinking about it. So it just really has that, yeah, that, like the cool vibe kind of. Hmm. And then what was your relationship to fragrance and scent before you started creating fragrances? Well, I guess just sort of like anybody else, you know, I just had that sort of, uh, you know, as a teenager and then like a young adult, you know, you start experimenting with fragrance, just like you experiment with fashion. And I was part of that come cult as well, for sure. Um, Trying different things, but I never, the plan was never to become uh, a perfume house at all, you know, because I'm a visual artist and it just sort of, happened by accident that um, I decided to create a scent for one of my exhibitions and the plan was only to make one um, which was smart uh, the show mm-hmm. was titled smell art and the um, perfumer was given the task to translate a drawing into a fragrance so it was very experimental but it was a very good fragrance so people mm-hmm. wanted to wear it. Mm-hmm. and um, it's still in the collection it's mm-hmm. you know definitely like another cult favorite and yes those it just sort of happened and then I kind of dove into that world really you know alongside Mm -hmm. my art so that sort of happened very organically and how did you like get connected to a perfumer when you were creating smart is it the same um company of perfumers and materials that you work with now that you're like a fully developed perfume brand i do work with some of the same ones i mean i worked with a lot of great noses um throughout Mm -hmm. the years this was a very small company that unfortunately is not um in business anymore that created smart but we developed it again um so i had the recipe (laughs) thankfully they gave me the recipe and Mm -hmm. um you know so i was able to produce it again but I do work with, I mean, I'm very lucky now that, I mean, in the beginning, I had a, you know, a young nose in France took a chance on me and we took a chance on each other. And, you know, that was great. And then when the brand grew, um, obviously, I had more resources to go to Paris and meet the houses there. So we worked with houses in, in Paris and also in Germany and also in Japan. So I'm very spoiled. And I will not tell you how many have been created for me. It's just, it's a lot. I want to go back to um, how SMART came to be because I I read online that it really started um, based on you giving a perfumer a line drawing and saying, what does this smell like? And what was that process? And what was that art show like? That was exactly the process. So I was in my studio in Reykjavik and I created a set of line drawings and I sent them to him by post. This was not scanned or anything. So these were original drawings that he received by post. And then that drawing, I decided to blow up into a big drawing for a beautiful white gallery space. And we cut it into blotters, perfume blotters. I think they were like 200 or 300. All mm-hmm. signed and numbered at the back. And at the opening, people would come in and they can... Uh, they would choose a part of the drawing, which was a perfume blotter. And then I would be sort of playing the role of the perfume girl or the hostess. And I would be, you know, presenting the perfume. Mm -hmm. And then the drawing just vanished. I mean, it vanished at the opening and then throughout the show it vanished. And so it was like a very fun, interactive installation slash performance art piece. So now that you really are you know, more in this journey, you have a brand, you have many fragrances. Was there any sort of like learning curve or like any like courses you took or like how involved are you at this point in saying like, I want 
this note to be in there or, you know, like I want it to be in this facet or family of fragrances? Well, I shamelessly will say, maybe this will be my controversial thing um, Mm -hmm. that we talked about earlier, that I don't like to get involved in uh, the raw materials that much. I have. Mm -hmm. And the ones where I have been, you know, the dictator (laughs) or whatever you would call it of the of the raw materials, I just, it hasn't worked. And I think with any collaboration you do, you have to trust that the other person knows what they're doing. So mm-hmm. my job is to come with up with outrageous ideas mm-hmm. and present them to someone that will vibe with me and we will create something olfactory together. So I will mm-hmm. trust them. And I wouldn't, I understand from the gnosis perspective that somebody, like I don't want somebody to be, standing over me like why are you using so much black coal on this drawing i think you should use purple like um right i'm using black now because i think that's what we need right so i think it's the same with the gnosis obviously i know a lot you know i've been many times to visit many labs you know Mm -hmm. and it's great to have that education so you know when i do the first sniff test i obviously know now what's in and you know the layers and so on um, but I don't think that's my job. You know, we, it's a mm-hmm. collaborative process. So for example, like take me through ceramic, what kind of yeah. brief would you put in front of the perfumer for the outcome? This is also actually, we launched ceramic recently and I created it back in 2015. So sometimes mm-hmm. I have an idea and I kind of sit on it for a while. Mm-hmm. But I'm obsessed with white clay and there's a lot of white clay in Icelandic nature. I just, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with it on the skin. I've always I've been obsessed with it in my artwork. So I just kind of wanted to try to translate um, white clay into fragrance. And it was a very simple brief. Um, also, I think maybe why I started thinking about it again is because where I'm living now at the Reykjanes Peninsula, we have these spots with white clay very close by. So mm. I would go there to photograph the mood for the house when doing the interiors and thought, mm, mm-hmm. and kind of reminded me of that scent. And I always wanted to release it. it. It also just has this kind of like, I call it like the no makeup makeup of fragrance because it's like mm. an easier thing. How if people think like, what is a white clay on the skin? So mm-hmm. when I say that to people, it's like no makeup makeup. Mm-hmm. It's like a second skin kind of like, yeah. And so that's kind of like where where you went with the brief of like a second skin and something that is inspired by the white clay of Iceland. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about the no makeup makeup clay thing as a thing to say to people to explain mm-hmm. it better, but it is it's like a more like an afterthought. Mm-hmm. So I was just very yeah, that's very nature inspired for sure. Like, mm. and I actually did send them some white clay. Um, oh wow! Iceland. I want to go back to where you live because. As I mentioned, the view outside your window behind you, which also for everyone listening, it's like 9.45 p.m. Andrea's time and it's bright outside because, you know, that's summer in in Iceland, right? But you live on a biodome, right? Can you tell us about where you're currently living? Yes. So I'm at the Reykjanes Peninsula, which is like a UNESCO geopark. So there's a lot of protected land here and actually outside my window. I mean, if you walk for two minutes, there's a very steep cliff. Um, you can see the sea and here in front um, is a protected land so we have a lot of bird life um, we actually have whales I can see whales outside sometimes they come in wow. July and August so wow. it's like a little show we get um, 
but yeah, I wanted to find a place where I could, uh, because I was living and traveling for almost 10 years, um, living in Italy, building the brand. And when we came back, I wanted to have like a family slash showroom. Mm-hmm. This was like the perfect spot. I mean, we shoot so much content here because it's such a beautiful I mean, I love this like rough looking crazy area. I mean, we had like an active volcano last year where wow. I could actually see it spewing. You know, if I walk on the top of this hill, I would see the fire and everything. Wow. And it really has that very sci-fi feel, which I am very drawn to as well. So a lot of movies have been shot here, like Interstellar and so on. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it definitely has the moon-esque. I mean, people that have been to Iceland, we are close to the airport, so... When you land in Iceland, a lot of people say it's like landing on the moon. So we're right. living very close to that. Wow. So you're talking about some of the smells of your childhood and specifically the smell of gathering potatoes after a rain, um, inspiring coven. What are some of mm-hmm. your strongest scent memories? It's probably the pool and the sea. Because um, I did actually live close to the sea when I, I grew up in Reykjavik. And I would just walk by the by the black sands there and kind of sort of smell the very salty um, sea and the rocks and the algae and all that. I'm actually obsessed with trying to, you know, create a fragrance that um, represents that memory. And it just hasn't, I haven't been able to do it yet. I mean, it's been Mm -hmm. 10 years in the making. So I think it would be like my opus probably when finally (laughs) it would be like Mm -hmm. the new coven. (laughs) Yeah. And then the pool culture, because we have such a strong pool culture in Iceland and I was a professional swimmer. So I'd swim every day as a kid. And I think that sort of being in the pool and then walking home and sort of the crisp winter air um, is something that just really sticks, has sort of stuck with me for sure. What is a typical day like for you? Oh, wow. Um, they're quite different. I mean, now I have a lot going on. I have two small children <laughs> and I am building this house, which is going to be a massive showroom as well. And then I'm just doing everything like developing fragrance. Um, just I, I'm kind of involved with most side of the business. So I have a team in Sweden. I have a team in Dublin that's helping wow. me out. So I just I have like Zoom meetings like you know with you Mm -hmm. and uh yeah I just it just it's different every day for sure I love that so it's a fun job it's a fun job for sure I mean we're doing something really exciting for the fall now with the new packaging and I have a couple of scents coming out and travel edition like loads of stuff in the making so it's just so much fun when that like you know when you see this stuff happen you know like when you're Mm -hmm. working on something for a long time it's just really fun to be a part of that as a niche brand, how did you find your way in terms of distribution? Like, I know that you um, are sold on Lucky Scent for people in the U.S. What was that process? It's been a journey for sure. I mean, when we first launched, um, like I said, it was a. Uh, it's interesting because I had never planned to become a brand at all. And then mm-hmm. when I think I had three, I had made three. Um, I was invited to do a show downtown Reykjavik. And we sort of created a perfume shop and it looked like a perfume shop. I mean, I think I only made like 100 bottles or something. Um, Mm -hmm. But that kind of caught the attention of, you know, distribution and press and so on. So we actually, in the beginning, we went through massive distribution. So I went to Italy and we had the same distributor. I think I believe they had Byredo and all these like niche brands. And Mm -hmm. I was just really thrown into this world. So that's also been such an interesting school 
to think about that it's been 10 years, you know, it's crazy now. I mean, I think when I did mm-hmm. my first trade show, I kind of thought that I would be walking into this like very um, sort of modern world of fragrance. And it was still very much that tradition, you know, and when I started um, after being in like massive distribution and perfume shops all over the world, we thought like, mm, you know, we want to think about what's more modern, you know, it's great, but you know, it's not really, it didn't really, I wasn't so excited about that. I know it sounds terrible, but like for mm-hmm. me, I wanted to reach a different client and I wanted to look into the future. So when we started pitching the idea that we wanted to sell online, everyone's like, no, that's never going to work. Mm-hmm. So again, I thought, oh, that's going to be interesting. Let's then do something that's never going to work. Um, so we kind of shifted focus after a while. Um and I kind of felt like I lost, you know, contact with the consumer in a way because it's great to work with large in large distribution, but I wasn't so much a part of it anymore, you know. And I thought, mm-hmm. hmm, you know, I kind of want to take back. So when we went to Italy and created the bottle, I was like, mm, I think I'm just going to take the distribution back in house um, mm-hmm. and focus on e-commerce and very few selected retailers. Like Lucky Sense has been with us from the beginning. And the retailers we have all around the world um, have been with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we our focus is mostly in the U.S. and then in Asia at the moment. It's been such a school to go through. But, I mm-hmm. mean, we always wanted to be forward thinking. And we still, you know, we still want to innovate. You know, like how do you ex- experience fragrance online? Right. And sample, you know, how to do different kind of sampling and so on. Something that we've been working on for a long time. Um, so I think the innovation part of it is something that I'm, you know, very interested in. So what sort of new smells, uh, if you can share, can we look forward to? Or what are some, I know you mentioned that smell of capturing the pools and the and the sea. Are yeah. there any other scents that we can look forward to that you can talk about? I have two releases coming up. Um, and I was so lucky to work with IFF again. And actually it was so funny because I did, I asked them not to tell me about the nose. And then the one I chose, which I love, 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 is a perfumer, uh, Julian Raskine, which is like an amazing perfumer. And mm-hmm. he created a scent for me years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's actually going to come to Iceland um, to visit me and work on some stuff as well. But like, it's just, I'm just happy that it was him because I love, love, love that one. But it's it's going to be surprising. I wanted to mm-hmm. do something a little bit different. I think maybe it was like the house. Mm-hmm. So like a fireplace, kind of like a mood, like a cashmere rock, kind of like, you know, like a whiskey, but, you know, with the, you know, that's kind yeah. of where we were going with it. Something a bit more boozy and kind of like grown up and cool and just, yeah. So that one is coming out in the fall. I feel like what you just said is very different than a lot of other brand owners of not wanting to know who the perfumer or the nose is. And more like just like, I guess, smelling on blotter and seeing what you what you gravitate towards. Is that generally your process? Absolutely. And like I said, it's just I thought it was so interesting when, you know, out of all of them, this is the one I gravitate towards. And like I know him and we created a scent together mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. uh, for a special project. So I was just like, wow, this is kind of meant to be. You just know, you know. Mm. And who are some of the other noses behind um, some of your fragrances? Uh, we had a very famous nose called Eleanor. She's actually not doing fragrance anymore. But like when we worked with her, I mean, she did like Jewel and Soft Tension. I mean, she's just, she was, was such a veteran at IFF. So mm-hmm. when we worked with her, I was just very, very, and we had a very good vibe going on. Um, 
So, and then another one called Celine. Actually, it's quite a lot of women um, mm-hmm. as well. I think it's like a 50-50 mix. And then Julian, which I met years ago through a friend. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely like a mix, but they're not too many. I think the ones that kind of, I think it's like three or four in the whole collection that we actually, even if we have, you know, a lot of, we've had, a, like I said, a lot of creations. I think it's mm-hmm. maybe because they get it the most. So you kind of, like I said, without me even knowing, I would choose the same perfumer over and over again. Is it interesting to see how different perfumers interpret different briefs? Like, have you ever sent out a brief and gotten just like drastically different mods back? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very different. Um, I think what they, because they are so open, the briefs mm-hmm. in a way, um, it's just interesting to see who sort of uh, kind of gets where I'm going, which is, again, probably why I work with the same ones over and over again, even mm-hmm. if we try to branch out. Um, right. Because they just they just get it, you know. And mm-hmm. I just know. I'm sure most people that, you know, have similar brands, it's the same process in a way, even if it's different. I think they, when you know, you know, you know. Right. And But then you have to try it. Um, like I said, usually when I launch something, um, you know, you have to wear it for a long time. You have to try right. it on people. Like I always have like two or three with me when I'm traveling. Like, what mm-hmm. do you think? And I just like to get a little bit of feedback from like friends and family when I'm traveling and also just different climates because... For example, when I created Soft Tension, I was living in Milan and I just didn't like it. And then mm-hmm. we came back to Iceland for like a press trip and I had a little bottle and it just sort of became like the scent of the journey. Like everybody was wearing it and loved it so much. This was like mm-hmm. September in Iceland. We were going by these glaciers and mm-hmm. lagoons and it just kind of, and I was like, wow, maybe this is like, because the brief was not Iceland. The brief was just a drawing that was very white and black. Mm-hmm. And so... But it just worked in the colder climate. But soft tension still does very well, for example, in Miami, mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it still works in a warmer climate. It's just different. Well, I feel like this is a good segue because we do have a final segment of the show, which is rapid fire scent association. Mm, what's that smell? And I will call out different places, people, concepts, emotions. And you just tell me the first smell that comes to mind. And there's no wrong answer, okay. however you interpret it. Okay. Okay. Andrea, what is the smell of Reykjavik? Rain. What is the smell of Milan? Uh, Concrete. What is the smell of your children? Fresh. What is the smell of the biodome in which you live? Green, green, green. And what is the smell of your home? New. What is the smell of love? Wow, that kind of caught me off guard. What's the smell of love? It's so difficult to, it's just, wow, I can't describe it. It's just mm. something indescribable mm. that I would just keep for myself. Oh, a little secret maybe. What is the smell of teenage Andrea? Dark. Were there any particular fragrances that you were wearing as a teenager? As a teenager, I think I just did like a mix of oils because mm-hmm. like like I said, it wasn't really that, we didn't really have a lot of fragrances. So I think I just mixed these kind of like, probably like a patchouli mix of something crazy, like that mm. incense crazy. And then, you know, when Com came out, I was addicted to Avignon. Yeah. Um, I love it. Wow. Well, hearing all yeah. that, I'm like, I feel like entrance feels like a nice like follow up to like what you were, like the fragrances you wore as a teen because it has that like dark sort of like vibe to it okay the final question 
What is the smell of Andrea Mock? It is art. I love that. That's beautiful. It has been an absolute joy to chat with you. And I'm so glad that this worked. And for everybody listening, um, where can they shop for your fragrances? Uh, they can shop at andreamark.com and mm-hmm. we ship uh, to the U.S. And we have samples and discovery kits. So we really encourage people to try. But we're also at Lucky Scent um, mm-hmm. in the U.S. So And they have carry the whole collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can find us on Instagram and Andrea Mack. And then I'm very recent at TikTok, but you will see more there soon. Oh, okay. Something to look forward to. And if you guys want my two cents, um, I love all of the fragrances, but if there's three that I have to say have risen to the top for me personally, it would be Entrance, Light Source, and Coven. I think those three have really, as I've worn them over the last few weeks, um, they've, they've really all had a special place in my heart for different reasons. But they're all beautiful. That's so nice to hear. But you've kind of, I think with those three, you probably have a pretty good collection, you know? Yeah, they're very different. Because you have all those represent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you have a good representation um, of the brand. But I'm happy you like Light Source because that's like also one of my favorite as well. I love Light Source. Um, It's so so fresh and and like citrusy, but also just like, I, I don't know. It's beautiful. Um, Okay, well, Andrea, thank you so much. This has been such a joy. I'm so happy to have spoken with you. You too. Thank you so much. And have a nice afternoon in your sauna. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon. And illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 